Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my intention is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. Hello, welcome to another episode. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you just found the show, welcome. We have a fun journey ahead of us today. We've got Mia Magic joining us as a guest. So you guys, you might have just seen on my Instagram recently that the the show is going to be bi-weekly now, which is something that feels so juicy, so vital for my system. I've really been exploring how to embody my feminine more than my penetrative masculine a little bit more these days. And let me tell you what, it is an entire process of unlearning that more is not necessarily more and this penetrative kind of output all the time um, is actually at some times communicating desperation with the universe and is not totally in alignment. And this ping really came through in a meditation recently. and. Um, I think it depends on where we are on our path. At some points in our path, heavy output is wonderful and we get to play in this arena of constant creation and immense consistency. And there are other times like I'm feeling right now where I need to practice receiving more and trusting more and really having a lived experience that I can teach from instead of being so chronically online. And it's so interesting how challenging this actually is. You might feel like, oh, it's so easy to just like share less. (laughs) No, for me, it is not that easy. Like I am a hyper communicator. I'm a Gemini moon. I always want to talk. I always want to share. And I think it's one of my greatest strengths, but I'm also finding that I'm learning so much in the discipline of discernment and the discipline of um, healthy restraint. You know what I mean? And it's making me think more deeply about the messages that I want to share when I share them. So anyways, that's a little peek inside of my brain right now. And it's so so much the antithesis to what I've been taught for so long, which is like show up every single day, heavy output, heavy consistency. Like I love that, but also as I've been studying my human design more as a projector um, and understanding what it means to wait to receive the invitation, things are changing too. Now in other news, we have our full moon in Leo tomorrow, Thursday, January 25th, a beautiful activation of the solar plexus, opening up that radiant joy, beaming that like golden energy out. When we think of the lion too, we think of strength and we think of courage, core relating to the heart, right? Opening up the heart chakra, opening up to more love and abundance. It feels like an explosion of positivity when Leo comes in and is illuminated like this. I always think of a full moon as illuminating what's coming to the surface. So recognizing where you are being called to embody strength even more, embody confidence even more, and where you can perhaps take a leap of faith from a place of joy and absolute trust in source and what you can put in place to ensure that you feel safe and grounded so that you can walk this path with that courage. Um, I'll be doing an Instagram live tomorrow too, so you can tune into that if you want to hear more about this, Um, but absolutely beautiful lunation that we're going to experience tomorrow. Okay, let me introduce Mia to you now. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. So Mia Magic is a modern ambassador of ancient wisdom, reclaiming the truth that which means wise. She guides self-discovery and inner wisdom connection, which she termed into witchin, which is also the title of her new book. She leads the Academy of Magical Artistry, and Mia has empowered thousands to unlock their supernatural potential to find purpose and prosperity. Her advocacy for the earth also really informs her work and her teachings, promoting a more sustainable world. And her expertise is backed by certifications in 13 disciplines, and she facilitates amazing retreats and personal coaching um, to help people from various fields and walks of life realize their own unique magic. If you've ever seen Mia's Instagram and like what she does on these retreats, it's pretty wild. She literally like goes and gets a a castle in Scotland and everyone comes out to Scotland 
Scotland and they do witchy things. She, I think she refers to it in this episode as like a, a Hogwarts, a modern day Hogwarts. I'm obsessed. So enjoy this conversation with Mia. We're talking about all of the above and, you know, creating more rituals in our life and embracing our inner creator and cultivating a deeper relationship with earth and how that relates to alchemy and magic in general. So enjoy. Let us know what your takeaways are when you finish. This is my favorite question to ask guests is how would you describe your heaven on earth? What does heaven on earth look like and feel like for you? Oh, I love that question. Oh, for me, it starts with an entire human species who feels our deep connection to and harmony with the natural world, understanding that we are nature, not just part of it, not just relating to it, but we are nature, that this body is our earth and the blood in our veins is the water and the breath in our lungs is the air that we exchange with the plants and the algae and the fire is the electricity making our heart speed. And then there is this fifth sacred thing, this spiritual, mysterious, ineffable essence that animates it all. So that's the first thing is that we all remember that we're made of the same elements as the earth and we relate to her as the mother we share. And then I'm like, well, if I'm dreaming, um, I would like to ride on a dragon. And so um, I would love to have like the mystical creatures and the elementals that are present in every major ancient mythology and indigenous civilization and tradition. I would love to have them safe to be here on this planet. You know, the leprechauns and the fairies and the elves, and of course the dragons for me, the mermaids for the ocean people. And for human beings, I believe that this would be a result of that reconnection and an awareness of our inherent oneness with nature. But for us to take full responsibility for ourselves, for our shit, for our challenges, for our pain, and stop projecting them onto other people and to live in a way that doesn't commodify other people, but that honors, again, everyone as our brothers and sisters because of the mother that we share, this, this great mother earth. And there's so many other things. I mean, I could go into like, well, I would like to have governments that actually care about taking care of people and, you know, don't give us pharmaceutical drugs, but actually help us to heal and understand that there's a spiritual connotation to every disease and the list could go on. But I would say, yeah, really just not necessarily the crumbling of the patriarchy in order to have a matriarchy, but to have the systems that disempower and feed off of us hating ourselves and feeling unworthy, I would love to have those systems dismantled and to have some systems in place that really encourage and empower us to make our dreams come true, live safely and freely in our full expression and our magic, and to really work together as, as friends and family that I, I deeply believe we have the potential to be. Mm. That's so beautiful, Mia. I one thing I I feel when I look at your content and your offerings is a return to my childhood self in so many ways. I think for so many of us listening, we love Harry Potter, we love magic because it reminds us of our authenticity and our authentic code from childhood. And I love that you bring that out in your work. And so I'm curious about your transition into who you are now. If there was a transition, was there a point of your life early on when you felt out of alignment and did you have a big shakeup that led you into the spiritual world and the healing world? Or what was your transition like into this work? Oh girl, you know, I wasn't one of those bolt of lightning kind of people. I was sort of on a marathon. Mine was a slow burn for a while. Um, but yeah, my basically the Reader's Digest version is that I was this way as a little girl. Obviously, I was so obsessed with all my fantasy books and my fairy tales. And I looked around at the world surrounding me and I just preferred the world in my books. I preferred the magic. And even that, like, look at Harry Potter. There's still Voldemort. There's still the evil in the world. There's still a, a hardship, a challenge to face, to overcome. And I just loved that there were so many different avenues of utilizing your particular unique power, gifts, strengths, skills, uh, abilities to combat that darkness. And, uh, and so it just really made me feel like, okay, magic can be a key to healing, right? Like I talk about the inner Voldemort as like, it's not something that's outside of us. It's something that's inside of us 
this, any darkness or evil that we see outside in the world, it, it exists within us. We cannot be part of the macrocosm without understanding that we are the microcosm. And so I think that, you know, what happened for me was that I, I did go into a very long period of sleeping and drinking a lot and feeling like who I was, was not safe, was not acceptable. That started about in sixth grade. I, I changed from my very hippie private school called Equinox, even before the gym, um, to public school. And I was just ridiculed and absolutely tormented. People thought I was the world's biggest loser. And it was very challenging for me to maintain my sense of self because it was like, there's something wrong with you and everyone thinks it and no one wants to hang out with you and no one wants to talk to you and you're fat and ugly and like everyone hates you. So like, you should probably just not be who you are. And I did that for many years from, yeah, like my early preteen until, um, yeah, until like my early twenties, honestly. And in the interim I did have, I almost lost my arm in an accident when I was 16. So I almost became an amputee. And then like my hand didn't work and there was a lot of other reasons to actually be angry. So I got really angry and felt really cast out. And now I was deformed and disfigured which is like a deeper amplification of the witch wound. And now it's mm -hmm. not just my magic but it's my body that makes me different or my, you know, not just my belief system that makes me different. It's my physical expression. I can't even keep up. I can't play the same sports as I used to play all of those things. And that was what in the middle of that period of sleeping, that was what woke me up for sort of momentarily like on a lot of morphine in, in the hospital and was having these very lucid moments of awareness that I was here to be of service. Then of course, like you go back and try to be in high school and type a 150 page term paper with one hand and like button your jeans and have to ask strangers in the bathroom to help you with things like that. And I got really angry and frustrated. And so I was sort of completely unaware or I just like chose to forget that I'd had this awakening moment. And then luckily I did start to reawaken and it was slow but sure and I was dating a very Christian guy in New York and he had a powerful relationship to God and I didn't even know what that would feel like I didn't know what it could be like to relate to the divine in a dialogue and the first time that I ever tried to have a conversation with God I was super hesitant and I was like so lost and hated being in this abusive relationship with like someone who's pretending to be so like so pious and like cheating on me and saying the worst horrible things and pushing me and all this crazy stuff. All the things we do in our twenties, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I just was at rock bottom and I looked up into the trees on sixth street between Avenue A and B in New York city. And I was like, God. And immediately just this beautiful golden ray of sunlight, just hit my eyes and my face and the wind was rustling through the trees and kissing the leaves and it was a visceral yes mm. I'm right here I've always been here I'm all around you I'm everything and everywhere and I've just been waiting for you and so that started me into really shifting and changing my life and realizing how far I'd gone from who I'd wanted to be and who I'd always dreamed of being in my childhood. And I just, yeah, started putting one foot in front of the other. Okay. Like what can I do to heal? How can I feel better? What can I do to change these habits? How can I think differently, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then it was a, again, a very long process of, of healing and getting to the point where I just, wanted to let the dreams of my inner child inform my reality because the alternative was uncomfortable and unpleasant and not enjoyable for me. And so it really became this strong awareness of, wait a second, I, I longed to get that Hogwarts letter to open a door or lift a veil and see the wizarding world right here before my eyes. If nobody's gonna send me my Hogwarts letter, I might have to be the one to one, not only create Hogwarts, but also to see the wizarding world on my own and to find it 
right here. Cause that's one of the, I think the greatest blessings of Harry Potter is that they don't create this different world. They create a, a greater, more magical world right here on top of our own. And, and so that's what, that's what I chose to do. And then it started working <laughs> and I started using magic and letting my inner child's desires guide me. And I started seeing miracles occur in my life. And it was absolutely incredible. And I could never have dreamed that this is where I would be and who I would become. And yet it's, it's greater than any fantasy I would have had. Mm, what I appreciate so much about this is first of all, it's like this beautiful curiosity that you had and the the willingness to ask, like, let me just try to talk to God. Or if I'm not going to get that letter, let me maybe create this for myself. So the curiosity, but what I also appreciate is the courage that it takes to step into that journey and to actually begin to take one step after the other. And, and like you said earlier, you know, wishing that people could learn to take responsibility for the heaviness they feel so that we don't project it. And that takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage and um, a willingness to look inward at all that shame that every human carries. It's so uncomfortable, but it has the deepest rewards. So what did you find that you had to look at and start to alchemize to start to change your life after that, you know, moment where you were like, this is kind of a point of no return. Like what did that step-by-step -step start to look like for you? For me, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a very introverted extrovert, despite appearances. Um, I really like my alone time. So it, it, took a lot of just reflection and introspection and, and inquiry within myself, taking inventory of my life, what I did and didn't like. Um, and then I said yes to literally anything and everything that I felt called to, even if I was scared. I did ayahuasca. I did 5-MeO-DMT. I did breath work. I did sound baths. I did Reiki healing and crystal healing and, you know, baptisms and tapping and I everything, whatever, you name it, you know, I, I was going to do it if it was going to help me. But I think that the biggest piece was uh, my friend Makad, this amazing man who I met early on in my journey. He had told me, he's like, well, you know, you chose that. You chose this, this issue with your arm. And I was like, first I was like, fuck you, bro. Like, you don't know me. Who do you think you are? Like, what are you talking about? I didn't choose, like who would ever choose to be disfigured, you know? He was like, yeah, well, you know, my older brother murdered my younger brother over drugs. And I chose that in my reality. And I was like, whoa, the fact that he could take responsibility for something so much more horrific, at least to me, even at that time, I was very disassociated from my body. Um, so I did not understand really how traumatized I, I was, but that was just like this horrific, awful, terrible thing that had happened to him. And he was able to take responsibility. And so that was truly the moment where everything shifted it was like, okay, I did choose this. How did the greater over soul or my highest self and consciousness choose this to be the thing that happened to me so that I would learn X, Y, or Z, you know, self-love so that I would be motivated to find my magic. And what I really learned through that, you know, is for me, like my healing or my magic is healing. That mm -hmm. is like the greatest. That's why I'm such an amazing one-on-one -on -one coach. That's why people resonate with the, my programs the way that they are is because it's all about healing in order to access deeper and greater magic. And so I would never have sought healing if I just lived my life the way that it had been you know, unfolding for me. I needed to heal physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And so I, I sought healing and then I learned to heal and then I learned to heal others. And the things that I specifically had to work through were deep self-hatred, you know, which still raises its ugly head every once in a while. Um, deep, deep, deep self-loathing um, for making that choice, like a disappointment in myself for making that choice. Why would I have you know, chosen this? Why would I have done this to myself? Um, profound unworthiness after it happened, like, oh, well, I'm not pretty. I'm not whole. I'm literally not complete like other mm. people. 
Um, this is this like ugly thing. It doesn't matter what my face or my body looks like, like I'm ugly, I'm scarred, I'm flawed, you know? Um, so lots of stories of imperfection and of punishment, like that's a very common theme that we see through patriarchal programming that so many people and, and women in particular experience is like, this punitive energy and and this is one of my heaven on earth things as well is like for us to relate to god or the universe or the divine not as something that's punishing us but something that's teaching us and guiding us and wants the best for us but wants us to be the strongest version of ourselves in order to create what's best for us and um you know like any good mother right she she loves us she wants us around and and we've we've been programmed into relating to God, like this very punitive, unkind man in the sky. And so I really, even though I didn't grow up with a lot of religious programming, that's, you know, just infiltrated all of our society. And so I'd really informed a lot of my own habitual self-talk with this punishment. Like you're such a fucking idiot. Like, I can't believe you did this. And like on every choice. And it was all stemming from like, oh, that choice that you made to disfigure yourself. And it was, it was a, there was a lot. Yeah. Sh lots of shame. I used to cover my scar up and for almost 10 years, I did not show anyone what it looked like because I was so ashamed of being so imperfect. And so, yeah, I had a lot of stories of like, oh, God's punishing me. And that changed obviously after I realized that I had done it to myself, but even that was like, oh, well, I'm punishing myself then. And so I worked through all of those things. And, and, you know, I mentioned the witch wound before, and that is such a big piece that we all have to work through is magic was not safe. Being powerful was not safe. Being connected to your sexuality was not safe. There just are baseline ways of naturally operating. If you followed through with them, the most likely outcome for you was death mm -hmm. and was murder or torment or watching your entire family die in front of you or whatever it is. And so, you know, people chose silence to stay safe. They chose shrinking and being small and pretending not to be magical to stay safe. And so I have so much compassion for myself and for all humans who are in that kind of existential angst um, because it, it really was something that, and again, like macro, like we all chose to do in order to become our strongest selves. But, um, but those were really the things that, that I had to work through and that I really find are such common threads to work through with other people is just like classic witch wound. I don't feel safe to be myself. I don't feel safe to be powerful. I don't feel safe in my sexuality. And, um, and so all of that really played in for me. Yeah. And it's crazy, like how kind of recent it was and on like an epigenetic level that we like are carrying this in our cellular memory as well. And I feel that too. And I feel that even as I'm getting older in, in any way, it's like, I find myself logically being drawn toward a patriarchal approach to the world, like stay organized. This is how we run businesses. Like this is how we do it. This is how you dress now. And I, I find that every year I get older, I have to actually rewind a little bit and say, okay, as you journey, this is what you're getting called into authentically or inauthentically. I love your perspective so much on that. Perhaps my biggest intention this year beyond cultivating more joy in my life is building community. The truth is we need each other in this life. Community is an essential part of our healing process and opening up our hearts to allow more love, support, and abundance in. For this reason, I'm hosting a weekly self-care Sunday meditation class. Meditation has been the baseline of my work from day one and has been the single most transformative practice I have ever integrated for self mastery and self-compassion. So come join us each Sunday, 5 p.m. EST, 2 p.m. PST to practice together. We pull cards. We talk about the collective energy at hand. We share our wins from the week, one of my favorite parts. And of course, I guide you through a different theme each time for our practice from visualization, highest self-activations to body scans and nervous system regulation to a loving kindness practice and beyond. Every week's a little different. I can't wait to see you in there the classes are for absolutely everybody and all levels just come as you are bless link is in the description below to sign up so now that you've kind of tried tried it all <laughs> you've done all the things um what 
do your daily rituals look like now that feel most in alignment for you after you've kind of run the gamut of all of these things for the last few years? Oh, you know, I am the, the backbone of my witchcraft is really in Tantra. And, and that's really like the healing path that I used was deep somatic embodiment and acceptance of all facets and meeting my shadows and being willing to like acknowledge my demons and my darkness and give it what it needs in order to be freed and liberated and released from my psyche. Um, and I got into yoga in my like late teens and very, very early twenties. Like, um, my first yoga class was actually in high school, but then, um, you know, really got deeper into it. And like when I was like 19. And so that's like the number one thing that I do actually as a ritual is a yoga practice in the morning. Um, try to do a minimum of 30 minutes. Usually my intention is to do a full hour or 90 minute class. And that is just like, my whole vibe is just better. You know, my body feels better. I feel clearer. I feel, um, more embodied. I feel connected to myself. Um, and of course meditation, you know, like they're pretty, they're pretty normal, I guess, you know, like, um, but, but something that did really return to my life recently, um, I used a lot of, not a lot, but I used some spells in the beginning of my journey to manifest money, to call in particular desires that I had. And, they would almost always work. And so uh, now that I'm living this life, that's so close to having everything that I want. I, I really don't need anything else in my life. I have a couple of other like high vision goals that I want to achieve in my lifetime, but I'm pretty much doing, I'm living my dream life, which is such a blessing and what a gift to even be able to say that. Um, but I, I just hadn't really cast a spell in a while. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's something that I've been really reintegrating into my life and bringing forward. Um, I did a beautiful candle spell the other night and, you know, carved the words of intention in with my fingernail and then rubbed the whole candle with oil and then rolled it all in specific herbs for my intentions and then lit it and sat with it and did a, a meditation and, and, literally saw some of the things, I mean, within one, within 36 hours, I had one of the things that I'd written on the thing manifested like instantaneously. And, um, and so I think that there's, there's so much to be said for just finding how to integrate magic into your everyday life, how to integrate intention into the way that you operate in, in your reality. And for me, that's a big part of my book intuition is just understanding the nature of the universe, that it always is speaking a language to you. There's always communication. There's always information that you can glean from any circumstance. And so that's really how I integrate magic into my practice on a daily basis is like, okay, what is happening here? What does this mean? Like I had this pain in my neck the other day. I'm like, okay, it's on the left side. My neck is what holds my head up high. Like, am I not holding my head high? Okay. My shoulders are like carrying the weight of the world, you know, like really tuning in with the specifics of what is occurring in my life and what it means, like what it's deeper symbolic significance is. That's really my practice. And I've also been reading a lot lately, which, you know, is very good for my inner child because she was just such a bookworm, like, oh my God. Mm obsessed with books. And so, um, yeah, I've been like feeding my inner child with like fourth wing and iron flame, which are these like new dragon fantasy books. Oh, that are yes. out. I've heard about these. I got to read them. They're so, good. they're so good. It's like not quite as good as court of thorns and roses, even though there are dragons. I love, love dragons obviously, but, um, but I thought court of thorns and roses was just like, like I'm salivating, just thinking about it. I loved it so much. So, um, yeah, so it's really, you know, spending time outside being in nature, doing intentional love making rituals with my partner you know it's for me it's all about how do i make every moment be magical without needing to like do something specific that's different from just functioning in my life yeah oh i love all this dragon talk my mom just sent me a children's book of dragons this morning for christmas and i've been um oh i don't even know the name of it it's just this beautiful watercolor book of dragons i'll have to send it it to you the red one it's not red it's got a a a purple dragon on the front but it's this beautiful kind of chinese looking dragons but i love that that's coming in but anyways as i'm listening to you as well talk about your rituals and how it's actually quite simple after all of this time it reminds me of this you know quote or saying I was picking up on recently like 
only the wisest people are able to distill the most complicated information really specifically and really simply. And what seems so simple has a whole myriad and backing of intentional work. And as I hear you describe your practices too, it really feels like intuition. I mean, um, intention, intention, like just making every moment sacred with intention and with meaning. And yeah, I think a lot of people, I see this in my clients as well as they're beginning on their spiritual or healing journey. They don't really know how to talk to the universe. They don't know how to talk to God. They don't know what their intuition is like. So how do you suggest and help people to open up that conversation? Like, how do you speak to God? How do you speak to the universe? Like, what does that look like? Oh, for me, it's really, I think it's, there's an element of receptivity that goes untalked about a lot it's a it, like we think that oh we have to like talk to the universe rather than listen um so that's really my practice is like how I relate to nature is by listening you know I I go I was just up in Humboldt in NorCal where I grew up uh, in the Redwoods those are my greatest teachers on earth so like I listen to the Redwoods I listen to what the trees have to say to me I was with my mom and brother on the one day that I had to take a walk and I uh you know, told them to keep going. And I laid down for 40 minutes and just laid at the roots of this tree and just let myself be absorbed by it. So the number one way that I tell anyone to connect to your intuition is by going into nature somewhere quiet where you can hear as little, you know, there's going to be planes flying by in most places, but like, you know, as little outside noise as possible, leave your phone off, bring a journal and just sit for as long as you can. You know, you don't have to just be in silent meditation for three hours, but don't look at your phone. Just look at the trees, look at the grass, look at the birds flying. There's this one place in the Topanga State Park where the mountains kind of come together and there's this wild air pocket and you can watch ravens surfing that air pocket mm. for hours. They're just like, they just keep going back and then they fly <laughs> around and then one, and then they go, yeah, and then they go, <laughs> So much fun like just watch the natural world and how it functions because it is so inspiring and doing that actually when you sit next to either a body of water or in a space that is pr primarily green so like nature right doesn't like you know I live in Topanga so there's lots of rocks and red and browns and whatever but if you sit in a place that is natural you literally create a type of brain matter called blue space or green space and it's like super fatty, super healthy, high functioning brain matter that you create just by being out in nature or sitting by water, you know? So that's my number one way. It's like, go and listen to nature, be quiet, leave your phone, have a deeply open, receptive mind to her, it talking to you and communicating with you. The second thing is, when you feel those little nudges, when you experience that little like, hey, go left, or like, you should talk to that person, it's often whispers. It speaks so softly, but every time we ignore it, it gets softer. Mm -hmm. Every time we say, no, I don't trust you, or I, I don't care what you have to say, it gets less and less confident to communicate mm -hmm. with us. But it's always there. Even it's like, you know, those little kind of hearing tests where like dogs can hear the whistle and we can't, the sound is still there. The sound mm. of your intuition will always be there. And so you just get to the next time you hear even a little like, you know, hello, excuse me. Um, the next time you hear even the subtlest whisper, do what it asks, do what it says, you know, listen to the invitation and follow through and watch what beautiful magic unfolds. And in that listening, our nature, following your guidance, <clears throat> even just looking around at your life, any challenge you're experiencing, any beautiful blessing that's, that's occurring, that's been bestowed upon you, whatever it is, if you can look at the elemental expression of it. So, okay. Earth element is money, career, home, relationships, uh, you know, anything material, health of your body, anything material. So is it about my earth element? Okay, great. Then maybe I can go just connect with the earth again, following that element or see how, if it is this external thing, like the home 
is the body of the, or excuse me, the house is the home of the body and the body is the house of the spirit. Mm. So can I look at, oh, I'm having these issues in my house or with my plumbing or whatever. Like, how does that relate to my body? Then water, our feelings, our creativity, our sexuality, our sensuality, uh, our capacity to go with the flow, you know, or be frozen, right? Is this related? Is this an emotional issue? Is this a, a damning of my creative flow? Is this a block in my sexuality? Okay, great. Let me work with the waters. Can I say prayers to the waters? Can I go out and swim in the ocean more often or find a river and creek and stream nearby me? Okay, air, it's it's communication. This is something about like the way that I'm thinking, the way that I'm talking to or about myself. This is um, in the way that I express who I am. Maybe I don't feel safe uh, dressing the way that I want or I don't feel uh, safe to share who I am on social media or whatever it is, right? Okay. This is, this is an air issue. This is a, this is a communication. This is mm. an element of air kind of challenge. Great. Well, how can I use my breath? That's like one of the most magical ways to connect with your intuition is, is the power of breath. I'm sure you're familiar is so profound and we are so not taught about it and just using your breath in different patterns, in different frequency, different length you can achieve, create, heal, transform so much and so many things. And then finally, the fire, the fire is the element of transformation. It's the element of action. If something catches fire in your house, it's like, whoa, what do I need to transform? Or what's, what's transforming right here before my eyes? Or, you know, do I need to light a fire under my ass? Am I like mm -hmm. a little extinguished? You know, am I not taking action and moving forward? And so that's a really great way to just look at any challenge that you're experiencing in your life. And oftentimes they'll kind of go together, right? Maybe I'm in this horrible relationship, earth, and I need to transform my unworthiness or I need to take action, fire to like leave, to get out of here, right? So how could I work with my earth and fire? How could I sit with, you know, out in nature or light a candle or build a fire and, and just sit and listen? and ask it for guidance. And um, that has been for me, the most profound way of tuning into my intuition is because you're literally acknowledging your oneness with nature and the reflection of it in you and you in it. And that's what intuition is all about. You know, the, the law of correspondence as above, so below, as within, so without, and examining how we can engage with that universal law. And, and that's really what has, has allowed me to cultivate my intuition and then to be able to act accordingly informed by what I receive. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how you're describing your intuition as synonymous with the universe in so many ways. And I think that's kind of the discord that a lot of us experience is like, oh, well, it's like kind of the shedding of the ego, I suppose, for lack of a better term is, is forgetting that we are streams of source energy in individual expressions. And as I hear you speak, and I, I think about other ancient wisdom and other cultures, it's like, we're all kind of saying the same thing. Even science is saying the same thing. We're just calling it different names, but we're all trying to return to that home through that act of mindfulness and, and the presence, which I hear you so beautifully speaking to. Um, beautiful. Is there anything that you're researching or studying that's like really lighting you up right now? Anything beyond your normal or just on top of your mind? Well, I did just get a new book for Christmas from my <laughs> mom called Eve. And I'm like, I want to look, I think it's how the female body drove 200 million years of evolution. <laughs> and I've only finished the introduction and I am wrapped. Like I am so fascinated. Um, it's obviously like a more type, like academic type of text. Um, but that is very much what I'm sort of always researching. Um, I, I am in the, you know, to be perfectly honest, that's like the first book other than fantasy books that I've read in so long because I'm, I am still in the deep writing process. So intuition is out now. And, uh, then I have an Oracle deck that I am in final edits of, and then I have a second book that's out next April, um, in 2025. Um, so like, I've just been writing a lot and I didn't want to take in anything. I didn't really have time for much research, um, mm. over this last year or so, um, two years really since I signed the, the book deal. And so, um, I haven't been taking much in, but 
I am certainly going to enjoy understanding even more about how, you know, there's no wonder that the patriarchy worked so hard to disempower the feminine mm. is because of how fucking powerful we are. And, and that's why it required death, you know, as the alternative to thriving. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an eternal student though, too. Like I'm always mm -hmm. studying. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm always doing retreats and, and workshops and going to other people's yeah, like experiences and, mm -hmm. and workshops and all of that. So, um, yeah, but I, I've definitely been in a space of sort of a content detox in order to make sure that I'm really sharing original thought and, and really offering what, what's most true to me, but yeah, I've been getting back into studying the Egyptian mix mysteries. Um, and really, yeah, I'm, I am, I am certainly on sort of the biology tip. Like my mom and I are out in the forest, you know, trying to determine, okay, well, if this tree fell this way, that's why this has gone like this. My brother was like, uh, what are you guys forensic biologists? You know, <laughs> so, um, but studying how the natural world has used it's like many, many more millions of years than we've been around of evolution um, to thrive, to survive throughout so much time. That's really what's sort of fascinating me right now. And obviously it does help and support me in my work and, and also just in greater sustainability. You know, I'm, I'm very anti-Amazon. I really encourage people to pee outside and, you know, compost all your food and do everything you can to make a difference in the longevity of our species on this planet. And um, so I'm always learning about permaculture and gardening. And even though I don't, I like live in kind of a desert, so I don't have a garden, but I, I love just learning about how the earth functions because she's my greatest teacher. Oh, I love that, Mia. It's so hopeful what you're you're teaching and giving us, and it feels really warm. And I'm so grateful for that. So the last question I'll ask you is, well, since you're a writer and a lot of us are in, uh, aspiring writers, I'd love to know just like how you formulated your book and what the idea was, like how you got all of this wisdom of yours into a body of work. Like what was that process like for you? And then what's the book about? Okay, so, well, um, uh, turns out when I submitted my manuscript, uh, Hay House actually said, um, this is not a completed manuscript. Like, you need to have a editor, like a real editor, work through this with you. Um, because I'm not a writer. Uh, it's not my favorite medium. It's not something that I'm particularly good at or or I say that but then now even like my dad who owns a publishing house and like all these amazing writers that I know in my life are, are reading intuition and they're like no this is really good writing I'm like okay great well cool but it's not my highest excitement I would much rather speak make videos be in person do live work that's just that's just where I thrive and shine and feel really comfortable so I just <laughs> I had a chapter summary, you know, from, from, from my book proposal of like what I thought that the book was going to be about. And I worked through each of the chapters and I just voice recorded everything and transcribed it all. Cool. And then I was like, okay, like this is my book. And again, they were like, uh, no, it's not. Huh. So I worked with an editor and that was why my, uh, some, some of my audience knows like how challenging my January was. And we had one month to get my book fully ready before deadline. And so I was working like 15 or 16 hours a day, every day, seven days a week in all of January of 2023. It was a really intense month for me because mm. I still had to run my regular business. And that's one thing that I would say about writing is like, don't do it if you need to like do anything else. If you can check out from your life, go right ahead, write a book. Great. But if you're running a business, if you have a family, like, I don't know how people do that because it was a full-time job and I already have a full-time job. So, um, that was incredibly challenging for me. It was profoundly stressful. I like had tons of gut issues, um, for the first time in my life. I've like, didn't see a doctor for like 15 years because I just am an incredibly healthy person. No cavities, no braces, like no glasses, just like all the things. And then really quickly with the amount of stress, my, my body was under, it was very challenging. So I would really recommend anyone who wants to write, be prepared for it to be far more work than you think it will be. Um, cause I would never have signed up for this <laughs> to do four <laughs> projects right in a row. If I'd known how it would oh, be, Yeah. but I learned so much from that. And so, 
And I also like didn't want to have a ghostwriter. So my second book that is already almost finished as well, Witchable, uh, I actually met with a woman who supports, she's like a book doula. So she supports authors and she just was very gung-ho. She was like, I'm meant to help you with this. Like I want to do this. And I just was kind of resistant. I was like, I don't know. She came over to my house and just asked the most amazing questions right off the bat. I was like, okay, great. She made kind of a joke of like, yeah, I had this really powerful spiritual awakening in Scotland. I've been thinking like, should I just hop a flight to Scotland this week? And I happened to be leaving two days later for my last retreat in Scotland in October. And I was like, I think that's exactly what you should do. And I brought her to my retreat with me. So she got to experience my magic in its most powerful, most beautiful, in-person, impactful, transformational, again, like tantric, somatic, feminine embodiment way. And so she knows my languaging. She knows how I teach. She knows what I believe. And at the end of the nights, I would be like sitting in the bathtub in my apartment in the castle and she would have my computer and be asking me questions and use that same transcription app that I used with myself, but calling forth all these different parts of it from me. Okay, well, what about this? Can you explain more about that? How do these two things fit together? And so we built a finished manuscript through just having the right types of conversations and the right organization. And that was, <laughs> tell you what, if there's ever a way to write a book, it's like that, you know? Mm. And so that has been, that was a really powerful transition for me to learn so much from writing intuition, totally alone, you know, very isolated. I was living in Boulder, Colorado at the time. It was winter, it's cold, you know, and I didn't know anybody. So I was very just completely internally focused on creating this book and, and, and then to be able to have someone who can, yeah, draw more forth from you than you would know to draw because you know, all the things that, you know, so there's no one to say, Hey, wait, explain that. That doesn't make sense. Or like, I need more context. Um, and so that was incredibly profound for me to have a collaborator and, and she's become like one of my dearest friends very quickly. And, um, yeah, and it was a, it was a long process. It was something for me, the book was more like a means to an end, um, that like particular lifetime goal that I have that I'm still working towards, um, a friend of mine who has written like five books. He was like, girl, if you want that, you got to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, Okay great. Well, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> we'll see. And it, you know, they really loved my ideas. And so it turned into these two books and two Oracle decks. So it was a lot more than I <laughs> had originally planned on and, you know, such a gift and such a blessing. And also, like I said, to be able to have this first book and experience it the way that I did. And then already within one year to have learned how to do it the way that I want and have done it differently. It mm. was, was such a gift. Yeah. And so Intuition, the book that is out now, January 30th, is in, like I said, an exploration of the law of correspondence. So as above, so below, as within, so without. How does every animal that crosses our path present a message to us? How does the way that we watch the natural world, the way that the clouds form, the way that the wind blows, the way that the waves crash, how is that providing us with information? Like I said, for your intuition, how are the circumstances in my life also mirroring those same invitations of the animals, of the elements? And how can I work with these ancient archetypal frequencies? So we go through um, some of the most, most ancient forms of divination, color magic, body, uh, like your body language, again, like which part of your body means what numbers, you know, the OG original set of archetypes, what is the zero into the one, into the two, um, and then astrology, which is the oldest science on earth, you know, beyond divination itself, uh, which was originally just reading all those signs in nature. And so it's really deeply diving into how you can work with all of these different expressions of the archetypes in your life in order to manifest whatever you want, whether it's love or abundance or time freedom or an amazing career. Um, and, and these are all the things that I used, you know, that they are simple. And I, I appreciated that quote that you, that you said, because that is how it has been for me. People are like, how do you remember all this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. It just became what was right for me. It just became what made sense. And, 
and I've used it all. I've used numerology. I've used color magic. I've used astrology. I've used my body's language to help me manifest my dream life. And, and it works, you know, and you don't need necessarily to do all the big spells or particular specific rituals. You can like aligning your rituals, you know, twice a month with the new and full moons is very impactful. And it's like, how do you live your life as a ritual every day? And what can that look like? And if you're willing to receive information from the universe and follow those little nudges and little inklings of your intuition, you will walk yourself literally into your dream life, your most magical life. And, and it's a really practical guide of how to do that. Oh my God. I can't wait to read this. Thank you for sharing your process as well. Like that's really coveted wisdom. And (laughs) so you went through the gauntlet the first time. And then the second time you figured it out, that's really cool to know. And congratulations. That's a huge deal to have a publishing company like that backing you. So, so cool. I'm, I'm really excited for you and excited for anyone who's not familiar yet to get to know you better. So if people do want to enter your community, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So everything, Instagram, YouTube website is all Mia magic with a K M I A M A G I K all the retreats, all the witch school, real life Hogwarts, everything is all there. Longer form content on YouTube. Oh, I also have TikTok. Um, and you know, I'm a little more active on, on YouTube and Instagram, but, um, all the things, all Mia magic, M I A M A G I K. And there's just really amazing, We have such an incredible magical ecosystem for no matter what you're interested in or what your financial capacity is. There are a lot of really beautiful ways for you to, to drop in and experience the experience, the magic and help find your own as well through it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait for people to digest this and start to act on what you have shared with us. So thank you. Yes, my pleasure. All right, my friends, I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Of course, we've got resources linked for you in the description below, including some freebies, which you guys are really loving working through. And if you feel like this episode really helped you heal in some way, perhaps share it with a friend who you think it would benefit. And that's it from me. I love you. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye for now.